Madrid podcast. I'm going out because I need to change my life. Yes. What is up, my friends? It is Adam here from the Bodojo Podcast. Welcome to episode 65. We are back. It has been such a minute. <clears throat> and as you can hear, my voice is a little reefed at the moment. It's a little uh, out of commish. And I've been like putting this off. I've, you know, I've had the camera back. For those of you that are on YouTube, I've had the camera back for, you know, probably, I don't know, over the last weekend, since Friday, I think. And, you know, I could have done one over the weekend, but my voice, I've, uh, I kind of took it to the, I'll say the next level, but I kind of just destroyed it at the last boot camp a week ago. So I do apologize if the um, if the vocals are not as sexy as usual, if they're not as uh, delicious as they normally are. You have to put up with me with that. But yeah, welcome back to the photo, guys. Today we are going to be diving, diving in on neediness, more specifically needy attachment at different stages of your journey. You know, I've got a few, I've got a couple messages here, actually. And I put out a shot across the bow, shot out a little cross about, shot across the bow the other day on Snapchat, Instagram. If you guys aren't following me there yet, Instagram's at Tang one Snapchat is just Tang, but I'm most active on Instagram. Just to see what you guys wanted me to hit up for this first pot back. And it was interesting how uncorrelated guys that don't know each other all messaged in wanted me to talk about uh, neediness and more spoke. I think more specifically, not just neediness, but attachment uh, to one specific girl. Attachment to one girl, whether that's, you know, at the beginnings, like, you know, maybe you just not even in a casual relationship yet, but you maybe want to go down that path, but you see this girl and like, oh shit, this girl's so good. And then you think you maybe want to get stuck on this one. You know, there's that, but then there's also got this deep message from this other guy <coughs> on Facebook, actually. Uh, we'll not be using names for that one because the context is just so rich but with the richness comes extreme uh i say privacy like you i gotta be real private about it because there's so much detail so and there's something much deeper on his end to do with you know is this girl the one for him and i'm sure a lot of you guys have come across that fuck it fuck it. i've got so much housekeeping to do but i mean i'm already stuck into content we will get back to the housekeeping but let me just say this i'm sure all of us listening to this i went through the same thing when i was much younger battled with the idea of this this concept this narrative that there is one there's this one girl for me there's this one darling out there that was just handcrafted she's this handcrafted girl that i'm going to come across someday and i don't know when that day is going to be but i'm going to come across her one day and then we're going to have kids and then we're going to get the white picket fence and it's going to be all sunshine and rainbows peaches and cream Hit me up. Hit me up. Sign me up for that shit. Even me just talking about that right now, I get a smile on my face because it is the Disney narrative, right? It is the Disney narrative. Now, so that's the setup for this potto. That's the title. That's the heading. We're going to talk about uh, needy attachment, one-itis. That's the main shit we're going to go down. I've got an Instagram message. I've got a Facebook message we're going to dive into. Now, housekeeping. So it came to my attention over the last, I think it's been about seven weeks could even be a little bit longer, maybe a little bit less, since we did the last potto. And it came to my attention that not all of you understand that you can get this potto for free on many different avenues. So I just, I want to clear this up. For those of you that are on Apple, you can download this for free on iTunes. And if you're watching this on YouTube, just hit up the, it's all, all of the stuff I'm about to talk about. They're all in the links down below. So you can download this for free on iTunes. Just search Boulder Joe Podcast if you're not on YouTube. Uh, you get that free right there. The Apple Boys taken care of right there. Now, say you want to download it offline and you're Android, 
You can even download that directly from my website, which is boldojo.com. Again, links down below. So you can download the file there. I make it available for everyone to download for free from there. However, my favorite app to use, if you're on Android, because I am an Android, I got a Samsung, boom, not sponsored, should be, uh, <laughs> on Samsung, I prefer CastBox because CastBox is a free app. It allows you to stream. It allows you to download offline. It allows you to subscribe to people's podcasts, get them notifications, son. And I just feel like it's a really nice app. It's free. I listen to other people's podcasts on that. You know, Aubrey Marcus, Joe Rogan, Tim Ferriss, all these other guys. Um, <clears throat> and as for an Android guy, it just works the best. So that's housekeeping on that end. If you're new to the potter, um, I do have to reset the camera once every 12 minutes. So I'm just I'm just thinking of the shit that maybe new guys that haven't heard the podcast before. And, <clears throat> and yes, you have to deal with me coughing every now and again. So that's that. Now, the final thing I'll say here is that if this is like the first potter you're coming to, if you're a new guy coming to this potter, this is real shit. Like, I don't plan any of this. On my laptop in front of me, all I'm looking at is the messages I want to talk to you guys about in just a second. Chattamate, hold on a second. So I've got that up, and I've got obviously the audio recording programs, but I don't have notes. I don't, I don't, I don't think about this shit too much in advance. This is really just a conversation between you and I, which is why I love the podcast, because it's not a mainstream piece of content. Only the guys that really want to get down, only the guys that really want to dive deep follow the podcast. And what's interesting is that all of the deep shit, all the deep messages, all all the life-changing stories that I receive, they always spur off the podcast. It's never from like my little quick two-minute, five-minute, ten-minute cinema, cinemagraphic orgasms, you know, the stuff where I put a lot of time and effort into, but albeit very short messages. You know, that stuff, I very, I seldom get messages from guys like telling me about how this changed their life and affected their lives and helped them to change their lives. It's the podcast, and this is why I really love the podcast, The Potter. Because it's just like you guys get to feel the real me. And I feel like even though it's, it sounds like weird, and this is the last thing I'm going to say on it before we get into real content, it might sound strange when I say this, but you know, when I sit down in this chair, I feel like I'm in a room with all of you. It's a weird thing. Maybe for those of you that do your own podcast, you probably get what I'm feeling. But it, you know, I know it's just me right now, but it's kind of not. So I got that connection with you guys. That's what the podcast is. It's real shit. It's deep. I dive into nuances. And you really need to listen to the full thing to get a full idea of what we're going to go into. <coughs> so with that being said, let's hop into that content. I'm also going to make a reminder because I'm the worst of this. I have to reset the camera every 12 minutes, but I always forget about it. So I'm just pop that in my mind. So dealing with one-itis, dealing with a needy attachment, where are we going to begin? I feel like let's deal with one-itis first. And because I've got this fat, fat with a PH message right here on Facebook. And it's the one that I said I'm going to have to be really careful with in terms of what I uh, release and what I, what I talk about and what I don't talk about. So I'm going to read out this message here and bear with me if it's a little bit rough because I'm kind of like going to be kind of proofing it as I read it. So, <coughs> excuse me. Um, here we go. So, <clears throat> hi Adam. My name is... Well, I fucked up. <laughs> I fucked up. I said his name, literally. The first thing I get into is I say his name. Holy shit, I've definitely beeped that in post. I'm going to have to write a message. I'm going to have to write a note for that. What, what time are we at? We're like eight minutes in. I already fucked up. You know it's been a minute. 
you know it's been a minute since we've done a photo where I literally just get done saying how I'm going to have to screen proof this and I literally read his name. All right. We're at eight minutes. Beat that shit. Let's try this again, but not saying his name. <laughs> okay. Hi, Adam. My name. Da, da, da. I need some advice on love recently. My ex-girlfriend came back into my life and this wasn't the first time that she came back. It all started in a certain year, a few years ago when we were best friends in high school. We were so close and if one of us weren't there at school, the other one wouldn't want to go to school. To keep it short and simple, we dated twice, but that didn't work out due to the fact that she was in a certain government institution, not going to say which one it is. And about two weeks ago, she, mess- <clears throat> she messaged my best friend saying that she missed me and that I am the only one that understands her. But here is a twist. She is a mom now. During that last breakup a couple years ago, or about, yeah, a couple years ago, she left me for another person. During the two years I blocked her from everything, I found out that from a friend that she was having a baby. Now, I'm in this weird situation where ever since I started talking to her, that I can't stop bringing up the great memories that we had from the past. I don't know what to do, to be honest. I asked God why she came back, but no sign from him. I feel like she is the one, but the baby isn't mine. My friends say that she is the one for me. I would really love for your advice because I don't want to lose her again. I'm sorry if I sent this during on the wrong app. Uh, I wasn't sure how to contact you. Please let me know. Thank you. Signed his name. Okay, so as you can see, that's a really deep context, which is probably why I wanted to start with this, just from the Hajime. Right from the git. Because I like to start with the deep shit. And not to say that the Instagram message isn't deep as well. It's just that, as you can see, there's there's a lot of stuff going in here. And most of the red flaggers, most of the red flags started, or well, I shouldn't say started. Most of the red flags began at the end of that message. I just want to repeat some of them here because a lot of you guys should have been listening to this. You should have been listening to this very intently and already started to feel the red flags. But isn't that the case? Isn't that the fucking case where everyone can see someone's mistake looking from the outside in? But the moment you try and get self-aware and introspective about your own shortcomings and your own flaws, it seems like these magical walls get put up that don't allow you to have this type of awareness. So that's why I really appreciate guys that, you know, reach out and message and they're seeking help, seeking guidance, because it is very difficult to isolate your own issues because it's very hard to be both subjective and objective within yourself. In fact, it's damn near impossible. That's like, it's mutually exclusive in that sense. So anyways, I just want to repeat a couple of these things here. I asked God why she came back and no sign from him. That's the first red flag and not for a religious reason. It's because of a, a, what's the word? It starts with a D. It's a disbursement of responsibility. That's what I'm, that's what I want to get into there. So that's first red flag, disbursement of responsibility. Second thing there, uh, I feel like she is the one. That's a big, that's a big red flag right there. And then finally, uh, my friends say that she's the one for me. That kind of tags in with the whole one-itis thing, one for me. And uh, okay, so there's two real things that I want to just crack on straight into the, I asked God why she came back, but no sign from him. So guys, I'm not a, I don't give a shit about what you follow religiously. And actually, before we dive into this, I need to reset this camp. Yeah, I don't give a shit about what you follow religiously. I don't care about what you subscribe to as long as you're happy and that you're passing on happiness and joy to other people. That's cool. My issue with what he said here, which is that I asked God why she came back, but no sign from him. What this I alluded to before is it's a disbursement of responsibility. It's almost like you're relying on some outer being. And you know, this in this case, it's a, a deity. It could even just be your friends or your family. It could be 
uh, parent, you know, parents, it could be anyone, ex-partners that are not related to the situation, anyone outside of yourself. But my friend, all the responsibility falls on you. Like looking for some sign outside of you as to whether this is the right situation, whether getting stuck on this one girl is the right thing to do. Or, you know, in this situation, why she's even come back into your life. Like, I, I feel like in this, in what we're talking about here and what we're doing here, you can't disperse this responsibility. You can't pass it on to someone else. And you can't, I, I think it does, I think it does something to your mind. I, I, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me that this guy is laden and just laid out with this one-eyedest affliction based on that one sentence there. Like I asked God why she came back to, and again, this has got nothing to do with God. He could have said Krishna. He could have said Lao Tzu. He could have said the universe. He could have said um, anything. He could have said Joe. He could have said my best friend, Joe. I asked Joe why she came back. You know, it doesn't matter. What you need to recognize here is that <clears throat> you don't seem to be taking full responsibility for the situation and make no mistake, you always have full responsibility for this situation. Right. And, you know, why she came back. There are reasons why she came back. There are reasons why. And what's more important here is why you allowed her to come back. You know, like you can conjecture, you can, you can speculate as to all these different reasons. You can ask deities, you can ask different scriptures, you can ask your best friends as to why she came back. But at the end of the day, you allow her to come back. And that's the important thing here. That's the responsibility I'm trying to drive in. So just take that. That's the first thing there. Second thing is, I feel like she is the one. Where do we even begin with this? So, for those of you that haven't seen my poto that spoke heavily on Sex Adorned by uh, Chris Ryan, which is, hey, which is right here for the first time ever, but normally by those books are in my room, but uh, Sex Adorned, it's just down the front here. Um, I'm not sure what the title of that poto was, but it was something to do with monogamy and polygamy. And most of that potter was me talking about what I learned from Sex at Dawn. And also not just that, but what I've been learning along my journey as I've been going along. You know, this idea of that there is one girl for you, crafted for you, the Disney narrative. You know, it doesn't, through my experience, it doesn't seem to be the case. Through my experience of, pers- you know, personal experience going down this journey, you know, uh, well, since like 16, well, the real journey journey began, you know, the journey of cold approach began at 17, but you know, I've been, I was messing around with girls from before that. And if I had to say a guess, I'd say my first real girlfriend was uh, when I was like 13. You know, when I came straight first year coming out of primary school, going into high school. And that was the first ever puppy dog love, love that I ever had. You know, we're only together for like three months, but at that age, you feel like she is the one you feel like you guys are going to be together forever. And what I've just seen repetitively since that age, since, okay, let's say since 13 from until now, until 24 years of age, of the amount of girls that I've been with and that I've seen with, and then that's just my own personal experience. But then when I look at my best mates, when I look at wings that I've had and the amount of girls they've been with and the type of relationships they've had, this idea of there being just one girl for you. It, it, it has not proven to be the case. Now, that's on a very local level. So you could dismiss that and go, well, that's just you and your mates, Adam. That's just you and your mates. Fair enough. But then you look at the rest of the world. Then you look at divorce rates. When you look at, depending on the society, but it sits somewhere around 50%, 45-50% across an average, if you took the average mean across most cultures uh, that have the, 
uh, single single bond, single pair uh, mating system that we have in the Western society, you know, it's it's roughly around one in every two. You know, depending on which which society you're going to look at, but let's just say if you want to be as generous as possible, it doesn't work out for everyone, right? And it doesn't seem to be the best fit for everyone. Now, that's one. I don't want to dive too deep into the marriage thing yet. Might pop up a little bit later. But it just doesn't seem... Now, so there's that. There's like the, the rate at which people think that this is the one for me. This is the one girl for me. This is the one guy for me. So in which case, we're going to throw all our chips together. We're going to go all in on this. We're going to go into this marriage together. So the rate at which that doesn't work, that should be a big red flag. Right? That, and to think that you're going to be different. Like it's a little bit uh, a little bit conceited, a little bit arrogant there. So that's just one thing I'll look at. But then the second thing, which is probably the, the more glaringly obvious thing in my mind as to why the one, the one for me, the one for us, the she is the one story doesn't really seem to work out for most human beings is cheating. The advent and the frowned upon, not looked upon well, what we'll say behavior, we'll say behavior of cheating. Now, when you look at what cheating is, right, the standard society-based response to what cheating is, whether it's the girl or the guy, it's just, oh, they're just a piece of shit. Right, they're just a scumbag. Right, they they just they don't have morals. They don't have values. They don't give a shit about this person. But I've I've spoken about this many times. I've spoken about this about how it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you found this amazing girl that hey, I'm going to settle down with this one girl. She's incredible. She's blowing my mind. I want this woman to be the mother of my children type of girl. And it doesn't matter when you step into a room with a girl that's super attractive and she not only meets that physically, but she meets that on an emotional level for you. She meets that on an emotional level for you where she's she's just like, she's flicking all your switches. You can't deny the attraction and the attraction will always be there it, because it's a biological wiring, right? Monogamy is a story that we've told ourselves. Monogamy isn't how the human beings evolved, right? If you look back to all the uh, to the evidence of what, how we came up as in tribes, the idea of marriage, the idea of we're going to be, this is me and my wife and my child, and we have our resources, and you know we we stick to that, and then you guys got your resources, and you guys stick to that. No, that's not how that's not how uh, anthropologists have looked at, it and the research that they've gained from how they think we came up. You know, we came up as tribes which means that we shared partners, we shared food, we shared resources, we use sex as a communication tool. We use sex as a bonding tool to form bonds between everyone in the tribe, between different tribes. And this is all stuff that I'm speaking on from Sex at Dawn and also different stuff I've looked into. But if you want to look into more of it, because I don't want to make this a whole podcast about Sex at Dawn, but look into that book, look into it. So all I'm doing here is I'm painting the red flags as to why this idea of there being one girl for you or, and vice versa, because all this stuff applies in, in reverse as well. It's life principles. It's human principles. Why there's not one dude for you either, if you're a girl listening to this. Because, and I also, I'm not going to deny, I need to flip back here for a second. I'm not going to deny that there aren't people in this world that you just get on a different level. Of course. Of course. You know, I've spent multiple years in multiple different relationships with girls where it's like, and still to this day, I probably haven't seen that level of connection or seldom seen that level of connection with other girls. You know, it's not, I'm not denying that. I'm not saying that there's not a thing called chemistry. And there's not a thing 
where just the polarization of who you are as a person when it comes into contact with this person isn't something special. I'm there, it, it's definitely there. However, there is also the biological hardwiring that we have, the biological hardwiring that sees us as human beings that require sexual variety, that require, and, and note that it's not just physical. Don't box your mind. Don't box your mind into, when I say sexual, into just fucking a whole bunch of different people. No, open your mind up to the emotional requirements on a sexual level because sexuality is much more than just the physical pleasure. Yeah, it's a big part of it, but it's much more than that. You know, sexuality is an emotional fulfillment as well. There is an emotional fulfillment that is definitely a biological product. It's a product of us being connected to each other. That's why we get that huge release, serotonin, dopamine, post-sex, because those are the good feelings. Those are the feelings that make us feel connected to this person. And of course, the act of doing sex, the physical pleasure of it, of course, it's got to be pleasurable because that also tags in with our need to procreate. Like we wouldn't procreate as much if it didn't feel good. You know, so there's that part of it as well. But there's a lot of factors coming in here, as you can see. And what I really wanted to get on here is that no matter how connected you are to one person, no matter how special that one girl is for you, you have requirements. Now, what are those requirements for you? It's going to be different for everyone. Now, let me reset this camp. Now, what are those requirements going to be for you? Well, they're going to be different, definitely, from someone else. They're definitely going to be different. Maybe it's like, maybe it's like, you got one girl that you're super connected with, but you do have, but both of you come to the understanding that, yeah, okay, we understand this thing that human beings have a biological hardwired need to see sexual variety. Now, to what level is going to be different for everyone? For one guy, that might mean, uh, okay, maybe I just need to, maybe I just need to see one or two different girls this month, you know, just on a more physical based sense and just to get a different kind of whole rounding of understanding what it means to be with different feminine energies. And that actually only amplifies my connection to this one feminine energy and this one girl, uh, which actually only makes a relationship stronger. That's a funny thing you'll find if you guys go down the casual relationship path is that if you're seeing three or four different girls, you will always gravitate, gravitate towards one. There will always be one because when you have multiple feminine energies in your scope, it's also for girls as well. I've, I've spoken about this with the girls that I've been with that I've been seeing other guys as well. And I've asked them, like, do you feel the same thing as well? Do you feel like when you're seeing like multiple guys that you often gravitate towards one guy as well? And girls say the same thing as well. Girls often say this very similar thing. But anyways, you'll find one that you gravitate towards more. And that's kind of like your mainstay. That's the girl that you have that more special connection with. But your relationship with the other girls only amplifies that and vice versa. You know, it's this, uh, I guess it comes along with the freedom of it. Because there's no, you let go, you you let unfurl the flags and the wind can just blow through your sails of freedom. That, fuck, that was poetic. That was beautiful. That was fucking beautiful. Someone should write that shit down. I put that on an Instagram quote. That was awesome. You know, but what I'm, just, on, let's get serious here, Adam. Stay on, stay on track. Uh, you know, that that's, they only bolster each other. That's what I'm trying to say here. And tagging right back. Maybe that means you only need to see one or two different other girls and maybe she only needs to see one or two other guys if that's the type of people that you are. But I know other guys, eh? I know other guys. Not that I know this guy personally, but you know, just have a look at a really nice case study known as Tiger Woods, all right? He needed to bust to know a lot of girls, all right? He needed to see a lot of girls. That's him. I know guys personally now that, you know, they need to have sex two, three times a day. 
that's the type of guys that they are. They need that kind of sexual uh, release, that kind of sexual expression. Expression is a better word than release. Release kind of makes it seem like a, like a duty, but an expression. They need that physical sexual expression on the physical level, on the physical plane, multiple times a day. Now, that's not me. I can tell you guys personally, that's not me. And maybe it was a little bit more me when I was younger, but I've definitely felt, and it can also be probably my 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 energies are definitely dispersed a lot more than when I was younger. You know, I'm doing a lot more shit now, which means that my time is taken up with a lot more different shit. So I'm not thinking about sex nearly as much as I was when I was younger. You know, like doing between doing this polo, between handling the business, running that shit, doing my hill sprints this morning, you know, uh, putting out content on social, getting Japanese in, you know, getting my nutrition handled, training physically, all that stuff. Sex is definitely much less on my mind. But so maybe like I say on me personally, if you guys want to get a personal window into me, I'll keep things, uh, you know, I'll, give you, I'll let you guys know what you need to know. But basically, I'm not the type of guy that needs to have sex two, three times a day. But if I'm, and I'm not in a uh, committed relationship, you know, fuck, this is a long rabbit hole. This is a deep rabbit hole for us to get into if I'm going to go in on my personal shit. Let me just say this, how, how I'm operating, because it might offer you guys a little bit of a window, but it really shouldn't. Like, all I'm saying is I'm giving you guys an idea of, of what I do, but that shouldn't really color what you do, because everyone's different. And that's the point of what I'm getting at here, which is that, yeah, I'll, you'll never see me, well, I can't foresee myself being in a monogamous relationship ever again for the rest of my life based on my life experiences based on my finding out that this one-itis thing or and we'll get to a little bit more of that on the back end as to how to cure it how to um or at least how to uh wean yourself off of that we'll get to that in a little bit we'll get to that in a little bit hold your horses son but from what i've seen through my experiences from what i've learned from other people and through the different materials the research did it all that yeah this idea of Locking myself down with one girl, it doesn't seem to not only on a philosophical level be the correct choice, but also on a biological level, definitely is not the right choice. Like that's that's like a, I say definitely. There's very few definites, but that's something where it's like it's pretty firm. It's you, you've got to have some pretty serious cognitive biases to be able to go through sex at dawn with all the research they put forward and not at least see. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, there's probably some biological, sound biological evidence that backs up why I need to sleep with multiple people. If You have to have some serious cognitive biases deeply entrenched in your religion, deeply entrenched in your, in your structure of how you perceive this reality to not be able to see at least, at least look at, well, I need physical variety but and also emotional variety for many different reasons, many different tribal reasons. So there's that. There's that. And yeah, as I was, oh, let me tag back before because I kind of left you hanging there on what, I, what I'm up to right now. So yeah, monogamy is not my thing, but to have a girl that you're more, you've got that more special girl, you've got that one girl that you feel like you have a deeper connection with, but she recognizes and the relationship that we have with each other is that, well, you know, we'll, we'll be together. I will be together. However, I need you to have sexual variety and I need to have my self sexual variety so you have freedom there i have freedom there that's pretty much how i run my relationships nowadays without getting too far deep into it and not that i want to get too far deep into it right now because it's not really what we're talking about but at least that doesn't leave you guys hanging as much so coming back on this the she is the one for me thing so now you guys i've tried my best done my best to lay out 
why I feel like for many different reasons, why this idea of she is the one for me is not really, it's not in my opinion, the correct way to think about relationships. And what I said to this guy was this, listen, uh, there is no one for you. There is only the one that you choose to be with. Now that's a direct quote and I'm going to go down. I'm going to slide down this Facebook message here and just make sure I got that word for word. I was trying to remember it though. Testing that memory, son. Yeah. Hold up. Secondly, this is in my my words that I typed to him. Secondly, there is no one for us. There is only the one we choose to be with. And I guess that sums up my feelings about, about this idea of there being one girl that you get needily attached to. And this is actually going to segue us into Instagram in a second. Into an Instagram message. You know, just listen to what I said there. Repeat this in your mind. Whether you're in the car, whether you're, I don't know, you're benching, you're benching, you're in the gym, or you're about to throw down on the bags, you're about to run up some hills yourself. You know, there is no one for us. Because what that infers is that from on many different levels. But I think most guys take that, at least when I was younger coming up, the way I felt about there being one for me was that there was some spiritual, some kind of, some kind of spiritual force at play that had pre-designated, pre, pre, starts with a C, what's the fucking word? Come, I can't think of the word. Choreographed, there you go. Had pre-orchestrated and pre-choreographed this event in which that I would one day meet this one girl for me, right? And I feel like that's where most guys get trapped up. I don't feel like most guys, not the majority of people, I'm speaking very general now, because we are about to get into a very specific example, which is actually the complete opposite of what I'm about to say. But I'm speaking generally right now. I don't feel like most guys are going out there, meeting tons of girls, right? Exploring their sexual abundance, exploring their physical abundance, exploring the dating freedom, that which is there for the taking. I don't feel like that's most guys. And then all of a sudden they find one girl as a result of that and then want to get stuck on her. I don't feel like that's most guys. I feel like most guys feel like there's a, there's this spiritual preordained, pre-orchestrated being out there that says, oh, there's one girl for you, Adam. There's one fucking girl out there for you. You just got to find her. You just haven't found her yet. And then when you do find her, it's all going to be sunshine and rainbows. You know, I feel like that that is definitely the mentality this guy has come in with. And you can see how detrimental it is. You can see how it affects the rest of his life. You can see how it, not only on that end, but on this end, which is that it stunts him. It prevents him. It prevents him from going out and exploring all the juice, all the fruits that I just mentioned in terms of the sexual abundance at hand, the dating freedom, which is there for the taking. That that guy is not even in a position to enjoy those things, to entertain those things, to learn through those things because he's so deeply entrenched <coughs> so deeply entrenched in this one idea of, yes, there is this one girl for me. There's one girl for me. So that's that's why such issues there, such issues, such issues. And so on a spiritual level, what I was trying to say there before, on a spiritual level, I don't feel like that's correct because I've explored that. Now, it's one thing. It's one thing for me to just sit here, put the armchairs down. As you guys can see, I make a big point of me not putting the armchairs down because I always talk about armchair theorizing. You know, I try to talk about things, not just try, I only talk about things through real world experience, through things that I, that I know. And what I know is that, and you know, you, let's be honest, if you want to go really deep, 
what do we really know? We don't know anything about this world. But through what I have found through my experiences, it's that you meet enough girls, you get into enough of these she's the one situations only to realize she wasn't the one for many different reasons, whether it's because, oh, the sexual chemistry died out. We had this we had this much sexual chemistry, for those of you on YouTube and for those of you on the podcast, I'm just using my hands to demonstrate like a level going upwards. You know, we had this much chemistry. You know, we had this much chemistry to have sex for maybe three months, you know, sexual chemistry, but then we realized, actually, there's not too much more than this. Let me reset the camera. You know, maybe we had that much chemistry, but then maybe we had this much chemistry together, which entailed and meant for us that we could have, you know, uh, an ongoing relationship, an ongoing relationship where we spent the next, I don't know, year, year and a half, two years together. But then all of a sudden I realized I was going down this path in life and she was going down this path in life. And so our flames needed to separate. You know, we, we got into this relationship as two individual separate flames coming together only to, only to embolden each other, only to make each other's flame brighter. But then at a certain point we realized we're starting to part ways and that our flames are going off in different directions. And instead of trying to hold on to that, instead of trying to rekindle something that isn't there, instead of trying to just dig in, dig in on this and dig in on the past experiences and the ownership of emotions and people and experiences, which our ego loves, our ego fucking loves. Instead of doing that, how about we make a clean separation? How about you need to go grow on, grow on your own now? I need to go grow on my own now. And that we clean separate here with no hard feelings whatsoever because that's the journey of life. Because that's the journey of life. And that's the amount of chemistry we had. And so you go through enough of these experiences where whether you are mature enough going into it to realize, you know what, maybe this idea of there just being one for me isn't quite correct, but maybe let's find out. Maybe this girl will be the one. But then all of a sudden you go through this and you find out, actually, you know what, we had to separate not because there was any fundamental wrong here, because there was something wrong with what I did or what she did. No, it's just that we're not right for each other anymore. So it doesn't make sense for us to be with each other. And that is such, it's so simple. It's so simple, but it's such a difficult concept for people to not only grasp, but to execute on. Why? Because we get attached, because we get attached to ownership of people, right? We, in my first message here, uh, in this guy's message on Facebook, he mentioned somewhere about how uh, he lost her at some point. And you guys know my feelings on that if you've been with me for any length of time. We don't own anyone, therefore we never lost anyone. Whenever I hear a guy say to me, yeah, oh, I lost this, I lost her. How do I get her back? I lost her. How do I get her back? You know, I lost this amazing girl and I'm just trying to find a way back to her. Well, first up, bro, you never lost her because you never owned her. It's, it's my, and that is a life principle. That is a principle that applies to business, that applies to your business partners, that applies to opportunities, that applies to people in death. It's my approach to death. It's on the grandest scale of things in this life, which is that, you know, we don't own anyone in this life, so we never lose anyone in this life. And that's just, it's such a difficult concept to grasp, but when you can grasp it, and not only just grasp it on a theoretical and philosophical level, but to execute on it and to actually embody it and to actually go through your daily life and realize that your best mate that's no longer with you, that's okay, because I didn't own him. Because of your childhood pet that's gone now, that's okay. I didn't know him. Because of that amazing girl that you spent two years with, traveling the world with, growing in your formative years as a young man, 
and you felt like maybe we're going to have kids together. Maybe we're going to have a life together in this house and da da da. But then you realize actually at a very, at a certain point, we just had to separate. Not because of any fundamental wrongdoing, not because I fucked up in some monumental way or because she fucked up in some monumental way, but just simply because we weren't right for each other. Now, that's the best case scenario. That's the best case scenario to help you out here. But a lot of times, relationships need to end, not because there wasn't any wrongdoing. Not most of the time, because there was some kind of wrongdoing. Because you weren't mature enough. Because you were executing, uh, and not just executing, but displaying needy behaviors, right? Immature behaviors, low-level beta men- mentalities that don't really show any reason for why a high-level girl should stay with you. You know, that's, that's why most relationships need to end. Because they're showing you a lesson of what you need to learn here, what you need to grow through here. But it's not always the case. And the reason why, the, why I'm saying all this and the whole point of this is that when you go through enough of this, you all of a sudden get awoken, uh, awakened, I think it's awakened. It could be both, I don't know, who cares. You know, you all of a sudden just awake to the fact, to, to the fact, to, you awaken to the fact, which is that, hey, it's probably not one for me, at least not based on some fairy tale, at least not based on some spiritual grand being out there, whether you want to call it God, whether you want to call it the universe, whatever you want to call it, I'm not getting down on that. It's whatever you want to attribute the responsibility to. And this is what we come back to right at the beginning. It's this displacement and disbursement of responsibility, which fucks with people. But if you take full responsibility, if you take full responsibility for your relationships and for the people that you see coming into your life, and you go, well, you know what? It's not this idea that there is any one person for me. It's that it's only the one that I choose to be with. Key word, choose. Key word, choose, right? It's the one that I choose to be with. That is the one for me. Fuck yeah. That came out real clean. If you guys don't get it at this point, there's nothing more I can say. I really try, and this is my thought style. This is the way that I think. I think in terms of images. I think in terms of visuals. I try and give you guys all these different analogies, all these different metaphors, all these different stories to be... Because I know everyone learns differently. And I know that me saying that it's not that there's any one for us, but it's the one that we choose to be with. I know that me saying that is probably going to correlate and really hammer in and really drive deep to a lot of you. But maybe some of you guys don't get that. So then I go in with all these different stories pre to this. <coughs> so that's why I try to elaborate as much as I can in these potters, which I can't do in the fancy cinematography cinematog orgasm type videos because then you guys will just get bored but the potter is this understanding that we're going to dive so that's my thing of one itis in terms of the explanation now maybe i should wrap up here with ooh, actually no no i was going to talk about before i was going to say before that the curing how to how to wean yourself off of one girl how to wean yourself off this mentality now because we got to get we could get tactical here, Adam. So you guys thinking, Adam, this is a bit of high level shit. This is a bit of high level mentality shit. It's a bit strategical as fuck. But we need some tactics. Right you are, my friends. Right you are, my nakama. My tomodachi. But we are not going to do it with this message. Because the second message that I have here, which I alluded to before, which is coming off of Instagram. Send that DM to at uitang1, double uitang1. This is, uh, this is a more tactical, this is where I'm going to slide the tactics in because this question is more tactical, but it's along the same lines of neediness and attachment to one girl. 
<coughs> but it comes with a more tactical context. So let's uh, let's get in on this. Let me get some Mitsui. Oh, that's good water. Man, it's been such a minute since we came back to this potter. I forgot how good it is. I forgot how good it is just to sit down and just bang out some thoughts. Okay. So, like I said yesterday, I shot out, I, I shot across, a, shot out, a, a, that saying, it's a shot across, it's put out, there we go, I put out a shot across the bow, now that doesn't even make sense, a shot across the bow, shot across the bow, that is the saying, but it's hard to say, you guys know what I'm trying to get at, anyways, I put out into the ether that I was looking for suggestions, there we fucking go, uh, and yeah, so I got a whole bunch of messages back, and I typically try to go with the ones that... Through no direct correlation, they align. You know, because I get a whole bunch of different ones, but if I ever see one where it's like, okay, this guy's in fucking Sydney, Australia, and then this guy's in Manchester, and they're both talking about the same thing, I fucking love that. It seems like it's just perfect. So that's what happened here. This guy's message, as you can see, is very aligned, and these two, the Facebook message and this Instagram message, two different guys, they have no idea who each other is, yet very similar. So... Here we go. He said to me, Potter's suggestion, getting attached at the beginning of your pickup journey. Is it a good thing, bad, or should you listen to your intuition on this one? Also, is having a relationship at the beginning of the journey beneficial or is it limiting growth or is it limiting growth as a man? Uh, love the content. So as you can see there, excuse me. As you can see there, very similar in terms of what we've just been talking about there in terms of getting attached at the beginning of your journey. But you can see the context is different. The context was from the, from the previous guy was much, much deeper. And this guy's, and not just deeper, but this guy's context is more about a guy who's just beginning the pickup journey. Now, I always want to dig for context. So I asked him, when you say attached, what are you referring to specifically? And he said, attached to meeting one woman and when things seem to be going good, you decide to be in a relationship with her instead of dating slash picking up other women. And then I asked for his personal context on that. <coughs> his personal context um, as to uh, is it something he's dealing with right now? And he goes, not at the moment, but in the past, I've considered it with a couple of women who I'm still friends with today. Long ago, uh, sorry, long distance makes it to where I wouldn't pursue it, but I'm curious about committing myself since I've never been in a relationship whatsoever. Just a few in one night stands. I'm always yearning for a more deeper connection, but never finding someone after the quote moment and quote who can reciprocate the same feelings I've had. I'm also someone who loves women and want to flirt with as many as possible, as many beauties as possible. I feel like I am a, in a rock and a hard... I think <coughs> I think what he's trying to say there is, I feel like I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place of committing myself to someone who may not give me everything I desire, freedom of being free, but being very empty or alone within myself. Hold up, hold up. Let me say that again. I feel like I'm in a, stuck between a rock and a hard place of committing myself to someone who may not give me everything I desire, in brackets, freedom, or being free, there we go, or being free, but being very empty or alone within myself. Actually, there's some really deep shit there as well. And that's how I responded. I wouldn't, see, that's why I have to dig for context, because it's the initial thing he asked actually spurs into something much, much deeper, much, much deeper. But I wanted to throw something in tactics here. So I'm going to stay on his initial shit, and then maybe towards the end of the potter, because there were some heavy concepts there as to being free but being empty within yourself. That's a deep concept, but we've just gone real deep, so I want to stay a little bit lighthearted here, at least to begin with. 
So tracking back, he essentially asked, is it a good idea to get attached at the beginning of your journey? Now, oh, hold up. Let me reset this camera before I do. So for those of you that have just listened to this podcast, you probably already know my answer to that question. Should you be getting attached at the beginning of your journey? We already know the answer to that. Hardcore no, straight up. If if you're only joining in at this point somehow, at 40 something minutes into this podcast, go listen to the previous part of this and you'll find out why it's a hardcore no. But more specifically, let me get back into his message here. More specifically, you know, is it? he's asking, is it a good or a bad thing? Uh, should you listen to your intuition? Listen, intuition. Oh my gosh. For guys that are just getting into this journey, please go in the opposite of your intuition. Please, whatever you, take the George Costanza mindset of, well, every choice and every decision that's led me up until this moment has been wrong. And nothing's ever gone right with the decisions that I've made up until this point. So I'm going to do the complete opposite. Because surely, if every decision I've made up until this moment has been wrong, the opposite must be correct, right? That's the George Costanza mentality. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, uh, Seinfeld, fucking greatest sitcom of all time, 100%. Fuck you if you don't agree with me. Uh, for the, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of people who love Friends that are just chomping at the bit. But Seinfeld, for sure, number one sitcom of all time. All the time, baby. And uh, George, there's one of the greatest episodes of that sitcom was known as the, the opposite. And it's basically where George is so down on his luck, but he just decides at one moment. He decide, And what's funny is that he actually does like a cold approach in this episode, in this one moment, where he goes in, please go and search this if you haven't seen this. Just type into YouTube, George Costanza, the opposite. And you'll get the scene of them in the diner, where he's essentially talking about how every decision he's made up in his life has been wrong. So he all of a sudden decides to do the complete opposite, And instead of being afraid and intimidated of women, he decides to go straight up to her and say something. And so he goes up to her, everything, and as you can tell, everything goes amazingly because, you know, and there's a lot of fundamental concepts going in to, you know, the belief, having the belief in yourself, stepping forward with confidence. Let's not dive into all that. You know, that's self-explanatory. But when this guy's talking about, should you just follow your intuition? No, no, please do not follow your intuition. If your intuition led you to this point of realizing, okay, I don't know shit about social dynamics. I don't know how to bring girls into my life. Most That's most guys coming into this journey. Most guys coming into the cold approach journey are not naturals. There is a very small slice. Don't be, don't be the, on my scale of zero to 10, zero being absolute hard, the hard case, hardcore hard case, and then a 10 being absolutely natural. Don't be one of those eight to 10 naturals that drops a comment down below or sends me a message going, but, but Adam, <laughs> but Adam, hang on a second. That's not me. I didn't come in with all these fucked up mentalities. I know, I know, I know. Please calm down. Please calm down. I am speaking for the eight out of 10 guys listening to this journey. And I was one of those eight out of 10 guys that have come in because we recognize that our intuition with women leading up into this moment has been so far off. It has been the complete opposite. You know, it's our life, as it's like case in point. That's why we're in this journey. So no, as a beginner, because I know what he's getting at here. I'm putting him on flame here because as a beginner, I get what he's saying that, you know, like the intuition is, yeah, the, the moment you meet a girl that you connect with, you want to you want to bury the hatch with you want to not bury the hatch with you want to batten down the hatch sorry so to speak you want to you want to go in on that because it's like holy shit holy shit a girl I actually connect with let me get on in this uh, apple pie right here 
but that's what your intuition says. And the reason why your intuition says that is because you're still, you're still trying to pry your claws out of the neediness hamburger, right? You've seen this nice fat hamburger right here, which I title neediness. Your claws are so deeply entrenched within that and all your intuition says, and you've been going through this process. You've been going through this process of just one by one, you've been pouring a claw out, just just prying a claw out one by one. Each day you go out, you, you're just slightly removing the neediness from your life, this needy attachment, right? All these all these low-level mentalities, you just one by one, you're prying them out. And then all of a sudden, when you get shown the fruit, when this amazing girl shows up in your life, you just want to dig straight back into that. That is the intuition. So when you ask me, should you follow your intuition? No. You know, because your intuition is it's tr- it's tricking you. It's fooling you into thinking, yes, there's one amazing girl. This is what I've been looking for. And it's finally showing up. Fuck yes. I'm going to stick to this one girl. I'm going to dive in on this one girl. And I'm just going to drop all of the things that brought me to this dance. You know, that's so many guys. That's so many guys that reach a... Whew, let me be careful my words here. There's so many guys that get into the preliminary stage of fundamentally changing their being and getting on this path of self-cultivation. Most guys who, they get like maybe, let's say, a quarter of the way through their journey. Maybe they get from 12 to 3. Or you're looking on like a clock. Like maybe they get from 12 to 3 in that first quarter. And they somehow make it through that. And you know, that's definitely the hardest part. Definitely just getting started is the hardest part. But then all of a sudden, you're starting to see a little bit of fruit show up because you put in a little bit of work. But the moment you do get shown a little bit of fruit, you just sink those claws back into the needy mentalities that you started with because that's what your intuition is saying. Your intuition's like, oh, look at this comfort. Let me get this comfort. Let me get with this one girl and it'll be all, it'll be all good. It'll be happy. I don't need to keep building myself. I don't need to keep showing myself what it means to build a fundamental skill set of social dynamics, of understanding of people, of understanding of myself. Just because the job's not done, boy. The job is not done. You've got to complete the job, right? And that's... That's my thing here with this journey, which is not to say that you forever need to be dating casually in the sense that you never have one girl that you get a little bit more serious with. You know, you already know my thoughts now on what it means to be that in that situation. I'm not talking about monogamy because that's out, right? That's out, at least for me personally. You guys guys do what you want. But uh, once you get enough experience, most guys who get enough experience with girls at some point seem to realize that, hmm. Hmm. shutting each other off to just being with each other only doesn't seem to work for most people. Anyways, we've already been on that, right? So you get into that. However, the job is, and yeah, that's what I was trying to say. The job is not going to be this thing where you always need to be having casual sex all the freaking time and never getting any one connection, which is what this guy's talking about. No connection will come. The issue is when the very first sign of the fruit being shown to you, the very first you all of a sudden decide, oh, my intuition's telling me that this is the girl for me. She's the one. Needy attachment, let the floodgates open. Whoosh, right? Just onto this girl. No, no, because your intuition is just going to lead you straight back to where you first began and which we need to repeat this process. However, if you can be, if you can be a humble slice here, humble slice and go, okay. And I say this to all bootcamp students when they finish bootcamp. Please. For the love of God, please, for the first 30-day challenge, when you leave boot camp, you're probably going to meet some pretty cool girls. Please do not get into a serious relationship with any of them because this is your fundamentals. This is the, the formative year, the formative process in which you are going to lay your foundations. And 
Once you have laid your foundations, then you can choose from a wide array of options, from a wide array, from a, you'll be standing on a peak. You're not just going to be, you know, this is, this is what I kind of imagine it as, you know, you don't want to be the guy who's just like clawing his way, you know, clawing his way, blood, sweat, and tears, tooth and nail up this mountain. And all of a sudden, just as you're kind of going up there, you just happen to notice this little piece of fruit that happened to roll down, roll down from the peak. And you're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. I'm going to just abandon this journey and I'm going to chase after that one piece of fruit. That's most guys. No, keep climbing. Keep climbing. Yes, little bits of fruit will get dropped down along the way. But keep climbing until you reach a peak, until you summit. And then when you summit, you will be standing up where the fucking tree is, where the tree, where the peach tree is. And now you have these options. Why? And what is that now? So that's the visual. What does that actually mean? What that means is this guy from boot camp, keep climbing, keep drilling, keep going out every day for 30 days in a row. Yes, amazing girls will come, you know, keep them at the distance, the casual open distance. Don't get too bought down and so heavy and so high on any one girl. Just keep it fun. Keep it open and casual. Why? So you can keep learning so that you can show yourself what it means to be a guy that doesn't just fall into these needy attached ideas and that you can show yourself, no, no, I can be a mature man. I can be the type of man that I want my son to be. That isn't just this guy that just that just abandons the process that brought him here all of, all of a sudden just because a little piece of fruit was shown to him. No, put in the work, compound your interest, invest on yourself, invest in yourself. Right, so he's doing that, and then after the first thirty-day challenge is done, then man, them skill sets are laid. If you do it right, them skill sets are laid. All of a sudden, you can take two years off of cold approach. Then you know, have a few casual relationships, explore some different relationship dynamics, come back. Yeah, you'll be a little bit rough, you'll be a little bit rusty, but because you committed to this one idea, this one process of every single fucking day, I'm going out for thirty days in a row. You learn so much during that about not only yourself but how to interact with others that you will never forget. You will never forget. And I stand as a testament to that. I stand as a motherfucking testament to Matt, testament to that because after my first 30-day challenge, I did exactly that. I got into three casual relationships after my first 30-day challenge, found one girl that that was just above head and shoulders above everyone else. I decided to go in with her on that for two years. All right. Now when that ended, I went out the day after. And there's a video on my channel. There's a video on my channel of the day after I finished that relationship. It's called uh, Adam's Approach to Game, Four Steps or something like that. It's probably, I think it's one of the first videos in the channel. And if I look a little bit sick, and if I look a little bit white-skinned, and if I look a little bit out of sorts, it's because I just ended that relationship that day. Now, I went out and approached girls that day. I went back out. Now, I hadn't been doing hardcore approaching. I hadn't been doing hardcore cold approach during that time period. But how is it I was able to go back in? And if you watch the full video, there's, I eventually get into the swing of things after a, quite a few approaches. And all of a sudden, things are just going fucking ham. Things are going great. Now, it looks like, oh, this guy must have been doing this a few weeks, you know, leading up, doing some sessions. No, hadn't done any cold approach two years leading up to that. Why was I able to do that? Because I had put down, I had thrown down for 30 days in a row two years ago. Let me reset this camera. You know, guys that never commit to this immersive period of action, they'll never know what I'm talking about. But all guys that I know that have committed to immersive periods of action, they might not be able to say that they did what I did because my story is my story right? They might not even say that they even got laid in the first 30 days, right? But what all people who will say, all people who have done a 30-day challenge will say something similar to this, which is that they were shown a fundamental side to themselves that they had never seen before. Without question, 
without question, you find out things about yourself. If you can commit to that amount of action for that many days, right? And intensely, you find out about yourself. And so that this, and the whole reason why I went on this rant, the whole reason why I went into this is because of this thing about the intuition. Fuck your intuition. Your intuition is just a product of your neediness at this stage, at this stage. Now, when you come full circle, when you go from 12 to 12 and you've make your way around the clock face, right? Your intuition is going to be different because your intuition is going to be a byproduct of someone who's been through the fucking fire, of someone who's been climbing up that mountain. Yeah, fruit has been passing by. And yeah, you've been enjoying it along the way. You take a taste here, take a taste there, but I'm still climbing. I'm still climbing, motherfucker. And then when you finally get to that, that place, and what is that place? You know, what is that place of standing on top of the mountain and you're, you're there with that sacred peach tree? Right? That place is having the true freedom of choice to be able to go out onto the street, go out into the clubs, and know what to do. You're not some advanced level pickup master. I fucking hate that. No, you're not that, right? You're just this dude that knows how to carry an interaction to a relative degree that, that shows a girl why I'm here, why I'm doing this, and also knows how to close her in a way that is going to make sure we see this through, that this isn't going to be some flaky thing. That No, I know how to handle the interaction, right? I got that down. And then also, I know how to do this anywhere at any time, right? When you know how to do that, right? Which is what a 30-day challenge will show you if you do it correctly, if you're following the right mindsets, following the right actions, right? You do it correctly, then that's what's going to happen. And then what that means is that for the rest of your life, you have choice. You have the freedom of choice, and that's what this is all about, son. So your intuition and your intuitive choices will now be coming from a completely different place. And then situation can change. So that was a fucking, that was hype. <laughs> that was beautiful. I swear I just looked down at the clock and it was like 30 minutes. Now it's like an hour in. Which means the SD card will be tapping soon. I'll have to go for an hour. Now I will wrap up with one thing. I will wrap up with one thing. I said we were going to tap on his, his, uh, I almost missed my mouth then. I said we we're going to tap on the deeper thing of which he was talking about, which was about the, uh, yeah, he said, I just, maybe it won't even take me that long to wrap it up, but I, just, I do want to wrap it up because he said something a little bit worrying. He goes, I'm always yearning for a more deeper connection, but never finding someone after the moment who can reciprocate the same feelings I've had. I am also someone who loves women and wants a flow of as many beauties as possible. I feel like I'm in a stuck between a rock and a hard place committing myself to someone who may not give me everything I desire, in brackets, freedom, or being free, but being very empty, alone within myself. That's the thing I want to tag on here towards the end. His idea here, when he says, this is his words, being free, or being free, but being very empty or alone within myself. And that's where you've gone wrong, my friend. That's where there is a fundamental flaw in your thinking, which is that you feel like and that you have seemed to have paired the idea of being free, which means not being stuck with any one person in this example, but being free to see whoever you want to see, be whoever you want to be, right? You have, you have married that idea and that concept with also being very alone and being very empty within yourself. Now, I'm going to say this from personal experience. I've never felt more fulfilled being exactly that being free. I've never felt more fulfilled being a guy that has the opportunity to meet any girl that I want, spend time with any girl that I want. And if I find that things get more special with her, things get a little bit deeper with her, knowing how to handle that relationship in a way where I set the T's and C's, 
I let her know, hey, this is what it is. This is what I need from a relationship. And this is what I would see for us going forward. If you want to be a part of this, right? If you want to be a part of this thing where I need you to have sexual abundance, I need myself to have sexual abundance, but make no mistake, there is something special here. So I want to let this play out as well. I want to make sure that we can uh, grow together in this way as well. That's some of the most fulfilling shit I've ever seen in my life. The fact that you've married the idea of freedom of choice in your dating life and being free to be with many different people, while also that has to mean you've got to be very lonely. You've got to be very alone within yourself. That's the fundamental misconception. That is a huge misconception. Now, it's a misconception. It's a misconception because I feel like it comes from a lack of experience. That, that to me sounds like someone who, whether as a result of lack of experience or maybe just a closed mind, it could be because you could maybe also have experienced being with a lot of different girls and feeling a little bit empty, feeling a little bit alone. That's, I'm not saying that's for this guy, but the reason why I've thrown that up as a dead playing devil's advocate is because I've spoken with other guys about that. You know, I've coached other guys on that. And some guys, guys, sometimes guys say that sometimes guys say, well, I'm seeing like three or four different girls, but you know, I feel very lone and empty within myself. And that my friend has nothing to do with the girls has 0% to do with the girls. You know, that the girls are only a mirror for you. The girls only act as a reflection to show you what's going on internally. You know, they, they, they show you exactly what's happening on within you. And if you can see women as that, then all of a sudden, because that's what's coming on here. What I'm feeling coming on this message or being free, but being very empty alone within myself. And when he says being free, what he means, what he's specifically talking about there is being free to see whoever he wants to see. Right, that's treating women as uh, objects of achievement. It's treating women as things that you get, things that you, plateaus that you reach, you know, peaks that you reach. But no, if you see women as, as a flame that only mirrors back to you the flame within yourself, and all of a sudden, if you start feeling very lonely, if you start feeling very alone within yourself, it is definitely an indication of something much deeper going within you. It's got nothing to do with the girls. You know, and to, to, to back this up, I know guys that see girl, ridiculous amounts of girls throughout a month. Let's just take a month period. You know, I might see sleep with 10 different girls within the month. Happy as shit. Fulfilled as shit. They're loving life. You know, they're treating these relationships with respect. They're treating these girls with respect where they're not, every girl knows, what, knows what's up. They're, they're not being fooled. They're not being tricked. He makes sure that every girl knows, every girl knows what the deal is. They, he lays them T's and C's. Just like I teach all my students, I'm teaching you guys. Right, you live life in a direct, congruent, and authentic manner. Shit goes right. Shit goes right. And you know, I got go, I got friends that are doing that. You know, they sleep with ten different girls throughout the month. You know, and that's them. That's what they need. And they're fulfilled as shit. Right, and they're not lonely. There's there's some of the happiest guys I know. Vice versa, I know guys that are doing exactly that as well. I know guys that are doing that exactly as well, but the complete reverse. They have the complete reverse. They have probably some of the saddest, loneliest guys I know. Now. Do you, for, if you think for a second it's because of the number of girls they're seeing or the fact that they've both chosen to see different girls and be free to see different girls and to allow their girls to be free to see different guys, that's where you're wrong. And to this guy who sent me this message, that's where you're wrong. That is not the key variable here. The key variable is their internal world, right? How they're viewing themselves as people, how they're approaching life in general, because one of my, from my friends, I'm definitely not going to mention his name here. He knows who he is. So we talked about this recently, actually we had a recent conversation about this. You know, he, he talks about how like, how it's so cool to, 
get girls from different cultures and to be exposed to all these different cultures. And it's so fulfilling to him in that sense, because that's one of his key modalities in life to experience different cultures, you know, and I sit there like a little kid listening to him talk about how happy he is about that because he's approaching meeting women from a much deeper place of, I need to learn about different cultures from women. Right. And that's, that's his fundamental reason for wanting to be with different girls. Now, when I speak to some of these other guys that I know that are really, really unhappy, but sleeping with a lot of different girls, it's never got anything to do with that. It's never got anything to do with some type of positive growth-based mindset. It's always got something to do with filling a gap. It's always got something to do with filling this yawning chasm within them, which is not yet resolved. And it can be for a million different reasons. It can be, you know, oh, okay, I just want to mention his name here, but that should be okay. You know, this, this guy, this guy never had a father figure growing up and his, his mother wasn't an alpha type. His mother didn't fulfill the alpha uh, position. She was very docile with him and really kind of just let him do whatever the fuck he wanted to do. And somehow, some way, and this is just his conjecture, you know, I'm not a psychoanalyst, but this is just in his words. He feels like he needs to sleep with a lot of different girls because he's trying to find a girl that's going to be tough with him, a girl that's going to be an alpha with him, a girl that's going to fulfill that feminine well, not so much even feminine, but just the alpha role that just wasn't there. He's trying to find a partner that can provide the alphaness, the alpha role, which he doesn't seem to have, right? So he's going through girl after girl trying to find that. Now, as you can see, well, if you can't see, you should be able to see now, not a good way of meeting girls, not a good way of maintaining and not a good behavior of managing your relationships. Because essentially what you're doing there is like, well, I'm just, you're treating, he's treating these girls like wrapping paper, and he's really, but he's not addressing the present. He's trying to go after different types of wrapping paper. He's not trying to fix the present inside. So coming back here, if you guys were thinking even for a second that being, you know, this guy, I'm really just speaking to this guy here. If you think for a second that having a, having a multitude of girls in your life leads to being lonely, nope, nope. It's your inner world. It's your inner world. It's the way that you're approaching these girls. It's the way that you're approaching life. As you, I, I just, and I know, and you know, I'm speaking on references from guys that I know, but just speaking on a personal level here, I've never felt more fulfilled living the way that I do now, which is having that freedom that this guy's speaking of. So, you know, you can take it for what it is and I encourage you to take it for what it is. I never encourage someone to take my words for uh, <clears throat> concrete. Let me reset here. You know, I encourage you guys to find out life for itself. And you will only ever really truly learn about this shit through your own experience. The way that I'm able to sit here and talk like this and just reel off is because it's from real world experience. That's it. So never take anything I say, or what I should say is just take everything I say with a grain of salt and that grain of salt should be, well, I don't really know for myself. I don't actually know for myself. And only when I do find out for myself, then I'll be able to actually form some sort of, some form of actual informed opinion and informed way of running my life you know this is just me telling you guys what it has been for me and what it has been for people that i know that's all it is it's just giving you guys angles it's giving you guys angles which is very valuable it's very valuable to be able to hear about the experiences that other people have been through it's very valuable to hear about this guy that's so deeply entrenched in one night is to hear about this guy that's asking about you know getting needy and attached at the beginning of the journey so let me summarize here because I definitely want to make things tactical just at the end here. Just to summarize, that's how, I guess that's what a summary is. Just the key takeaways. All right. In my opinion, 
There is no one for you. There is only the one that you choose to be with. And so what that allows you to do is walk through this life with freedom, walk through this life with love, nothing but love, nothing but joy, nothing but bringing peace to these relationships in which that it's okay if things don't work out. It's okay if we're not made to be with each other for the rest of our lives. It's okay. There will be no hard feelings. We can separate cleanly and we can learn to grow on our own. We can learn to come together and grow together. But if that's no longer serving us, hey, we can separate. This idea of one-itis is born from a place of neediness. It's born from a place of attachment to this idea that you know, whether it be from insecurity, whether it be from insecurity that you weren't given what you needed as a child from your parents, and there's some insecurities there, or whether it be because you just don't feel like you can get the type of girl that you want, so you settle for the first girl, or whether it be because you just don't want to put in the work. I got lazy guys like that. I got lazy students like that. I got students that have come through boot camp that are lazy as fuck that just want to settle for the first girl because at a fundamental level, they just don't want to put in the work. They just don't want to put in the work to change who they are, to become the type of person that can stand up and have a 10, have their 10, their dream girl in front of them and be able to say to them, hey, listen, I'm not going to follow the Disney narrative. I'm not going to follow the society narrative. I want to do what's best for us. And for what I see, for what's best for us is that we keep things open and casual and fun and free. And as time goes on, we'll grow together. We'll grow together. But based on what I've seen here, we don't need to get into this lockdown marriage lockdown monogamy which society says we need to no we need to become mature people we need to become mature adults and to look at who we are on a fundamental level and try and make that work for us uh, for us but i got students that just don't want to put in the work to become that person hey and that's fine and that's fine you know i might sound like i was getting a little bit emotional and serious there. no keep it fun that's fine because that's their lives that's their lives and that's the crux here guys this is your life live it how you will Live it how you will, but don't fucking complain. Don't be a fucking complainer. Don't complain about the state of your day in life. Don't, don't complain about the state of your one-itis and the state of your neediness. If you aren't willing to put in the work, if you aren't willing to get out there and meet person after person, if you aren't willing to spend night on your own after night on your own, just delving deep into your psyche to analyze, well, where is this coming from? Where is this neediness coming from? Where is this, uh, you know, most of us would rather just sit there and watch that Game of Thrones. You know, you want to watch that Narcos, you want to watch that anime, and just forget about all the things going on in your psyche. No, fuck you. Fuck that part of you that goes, ah, I'll push it under the rug. Fuck that shit. You know, sweep that shit back up from under the rug, and you want to look it square in the face and go, hey, hey, I knew you were there. I knew you were there, and now it's time. And now it's time because we're going to go to work. That's what this is. And that's where I'm coming from, and that's where I'm going to wrap up this potter, Right? You're dealing with this one-itis and this neediness. It's for some, you've got to work out where it's coming from because it's going to be different for everyone. But I've just kind of reeled off a whole bunch of reasons for where it can be coming from. But at a fundamental core level, right? It's either a philosophical mental thing, which is that your understanding of what relationships should be definitely plays into your one-itis slash your physical execution, your physical application, and your actual experiences with women has not led you to the place of understanding of knowing what it means to be free of neediness, Right? And, you know, it's not even a thing of like, oh, 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 well, okay, I'll do a 30-day challenge and then it'll be all good. No, 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 no. A 30-day challenge reveals who you are at a fundamental level. That's what I said before. Whether you get laid, whether you cure all your neediness, whether you get into a relationship, hey, that's going to be different for everyone. Everyone's story is going to be different. Everyone's journey is different. Don't take what I said and think, oh, well, that's going to happen to me. No, I know guys, I've got students that have been through three, four 30-day challenges because that's how much shit they've got to do internally. 
That's how much work they've got to do. It's not even a matter of them learning <coughs> their skill set not being there because really the skill set gets handled in 30 days. It's more that they're using this as a process to find out who they are. Yeah, finding out who they are. So, so you need to go in and you need to self-engineer. You need to self-cultivate. You need to get to work. And that's it, right? That's, that's what this is. You know, you want to talk about should you be getting attached at the beginning of a relationship, beginning of this journey? Hell no, of course not. That's silly, of course not. But the reason why is because you haven't done the work yet. I'm not confident. I'm not confident in a guy who's still climbing the mountain to go ahead and chase after a peach that's rolling down the mountain and to get back to that process. I'm not confident in his abilities to do that at all. I want to see him, yeah, you can for sure taste a bit of that fruit, right? You taste it up, but you're not going to go chase it down the rest of the hill and forsake this journey. No, you're going to stay on that journey until you get to a place where you feel like you can stand at the top and go, hmm, I got this shit handled. Hmm, I got this shit handled. I am the type of guy that I want my son to be. That to me is a strong marker that you are where you want to be on the journey. Because make no mistake, the journey's for life. There is no final moment of the journey, but there are certainly markers. There are certainly plateaus. There are certainly points that show you, hmm, am I growing here? Hmm, am I evolving here? And that's one of them for me. Am I the guy that I want my son to be? Am I the guy? Am I the guy that I would want my daughter to be with? However you want to think about it, think about it. And that's where we wrap up this bottle, baby. That's where we wrap up this bottle. What a hive session. <coughs> oh, I do apologize for my, uh, to my raspiness, to my goddamn raspiness. I'll get some more water here. But uh, you know what, guys? If you are, for those of you wondering like, why we took such a long break off of the potter, the, the, the original catalyst for it was that, yeah, I, my camera had to get sent in for repair, and it's been gone for seven weeks. You know, that, that was the catalyst. But of course, you know, I could have, you know, borrowed a friend's camera, hired another camera. But I chose not to because I don't know. I, just, I felt like I needed a break from it. And I like to switch shit up. You know, it forced me to do more vlogs. It forced me to change things up and do things a little bit differently and think in different ways. And, you know, we've come back super strong. Like, this is a fucking high podcast. I can't wait to re listen to this podcast. You know, so there's always a good thing. There's a lesson for me. I was just trial and experimenting with it. And I also know this, those of you that listen to the potto, you're the hardcore. I know that. I said it at the beginning of the potto. I said that the deepest messages I ever receive and the guys that typically come on to bootcamp and the guys that buy Skype calls and want to go deeper with me, they always come from something, some podcast. They always mention to me in an initial email, I listen to this podcast. Adam, I was listening to you talk about this. I was listening to this potto on day twos. I was listening to this potto on dealing with my bullshit, right? It's always, it always starts off that way, which, and I know because the metrics don't show that. The metrics show that the podcast is the least popular form of YouTube content <coughs> on my channel, on my channel. In that, in that these podcasts get the lowest amount of views on YouTube, right? And that they get the lowest engagement as well. You guys don't drop comments. You guys very seldom drop comments and the like ratios are always the lowest. Now that should tell most people that the podcast isn't really just, it's just not that popular. It's just not working. It doesn't seem to be the medium for the type of guys that are wanting to get this content. It seems to be that guys just want to get short form content, you know, bop, 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 that type of stuff. They don't really want to dive deep. Guys don't really want to dive deep. They just want band-aid stuff. That's what the metrics would tell you. And that's what they should tell me. 
the one saving grace, and what it should tell me is that I shouldn't really do podcasts, right? However, however, there's one thing that none of you guys would know, unless I tell you, which I do frequently make a point of saying, which is why we keep doing podcasts. It's because the deepest feedback I receive on anything I do, and that includes all of the infield content, especially the infield content, which no one else does, which is the back-to-back shit, the day game sessions too, which many channels don't have. Right? Most people don't have. Most people will not show you back-to-back approaches with no cutting, right? You know, that, that's, a, that's a fundamental piece of, concept, uh, piece of content for a lot of guys. For a lot of guys who take boot camp, it's because they saw that video and go, holy fuck, right? That's, so that's how it actually is. Jesus Christ. Above that, above that, right? Above that, above those con- pieces of content, above even my cinema, uh, cinemographic shit that really does paint some really hardcore messages. Above all that, even the vlogs that really get out of you, above all that, the deepest messages I receive and the guys that message in with me telling me that, you know, something I said or something that I talked about helped them to change their lives in a fundamental way came from the podcast. That's why I do the podcast. That's why I do this because there's one of you out there. Because there's one of you in goddamn Jamaica. There's one of you in goddamn UK, goddamn US, goddamn Perth of Western Australia that's listening to this and that was able to come home from a tough day or starting up your day and that you listen to this and that it meant something to you on a much deeper level than anything else I could ever do. So regardless of the metrics, regardless of the like ratios and then whether you guys drop comments or not, it's because of those DMs on Instagram, on Facebook, on Snapchat, those are the, and the emails that I get. It's because of those, which is why I do the podcast and why I will, you know, we may take breaks. Right, we will take breaks, as you said. We'll take breaks, but I think for the rest of my life, I'll always do this in some way, shape, or form because it's this deep shit where you guys really get to know me. I get to know you in a weird way because I—I guess I do. I get to know the type of guys that will listen to this, and uh, that's why we do it. That's why we do it. Let me reset this camera. Oh, so that's why we do it, and that's why I'm gonna wrap this up. Holy shit! Shit! What a butter. So, plugs here at the end, guys. If you would like to support me, and if you guys want to dive deeper, more importantly, you want to hit up my website because this podcast is essentially brought to you by bulldozer.com. <laughs> bulldozer.com, my website, where you guys can pick up the ebook, which is the Toolbox of Game Crash Course to Kick Ass Day Game. It's a short little ebook, 24, 25 pages, that is not designed to be read. It's designed to be used. It's designed for you to read it through just a couple times and then go out there and take mass action, get on a 30 day challenge. It'll essentially concise. It's what I teach guys on bootcamp. So Crash Course Kick-Ass Day Game ebook. That's on the website. Links to it down below. Balldojo.com. Booking one-on-one Skype calls. I've been doing a boatload of those lately. I love those. We can dive deeper. If you guys want me to break down your infields as well, I've been doing that lately. That's not included in the one-on-one Skype call price. But if you want to do that, I can give you a quote. You know, I can give you a quote based on that. So just send me an email. But booking one-on-one Skype calls, that's all there on the website. Uh, booking for bootcamps. You know, weather's starting to come winter now, starting to come winter in Australia. So if you were thinking of coming down to Australia, you definitely missed the golden time, which was a summer. But mm, autumn's okay. Autumn's okay. I've still got a few bootcamps coming down in Melbourne over the next few weeks. But then then you got UK and US summer coming up. So if you guys want me to come over to you, which I'm definitely open to, obviously it's more expensive because I'm going to come over to you guys. But, you know, that's the, that's the trade back and forth. Either you guys want to pay the expenses to come down and see me or pay the expenses, I'll come up to you. Whatever it is, 
You can book one-on-one Skype calls, one-on-one Skype calls, one-on-one boot camps on the website as well and just send in your inquiries. We can work shit out there. We can tailor it up. But uh, yeah, that's if you guys want to dive in deeper with me. That's baldojo.com. Wait, now, the YouTube content, you know, on average, I'll put out like one video a week, once to every one a week, one one and a half weeks, something like that. At worst, once every second week. But I'm active every day on Instagram. I'm putting up shit on Instagram all the time. I'm putting up inspirational quotes that come from texts from real world clients, that come from real world messages, emails that I send from people, inspirational little messages and on pictures and quotes on Instagram. Uh, on the story there, you guys can always DM me there. So that's where I'm most active. That's at Tang one double Tang one Then Snapchat after that, but then I reviews it that much. And then Facebook after that. Snapchat's just Tang. Facebook is at the Adam Ui. And some of you guys are getting more active on Facebook. So I would say I'm, I definitely engage with people more on Facebook. Than Snapchat just sucks now. Let's be honest, guys. Let's call what it is. Snapchat sucks. I hate Snapchat. Well, I don't hate it, but, you know, it was good to begin with, but they've dropped the ball. They've dropped the ball. So I'm going to wrap up the potter here. If you guys have potter suggestions, stories, comments, things you want me to talk about, drop it in a comment down below. If you get something from this potter, let me know. Let me know because that's the shit. That's the real shit. So thank you very much for listening, guys. I wish you the best on your journeys. Much peace and much joy. Jana.